Did dinosaurs and man live at the same time? Is there scientific evidence that dinosaurs died out only after sin entered into the world? What can thorns in the fossil record tell us? Find out more on this episode of Wonders Without Number. Welcome to Wonders Without Number. I'm David Reeves, and today we want to inform and inspire you regarding the wonders we find all around us, an infinite number of wonders that point us directly to our Creator, the God of the Bible. Now, you are no accident. I want you to know that you're special, that you were created in God's own image, that Jesus Christ was and is that Creator, and that He has a plan for your life. So what can we learn from thorns and thistles found in the fossil record? To answer that question and many more, we have with us John Mackay, all the way from Australia. Now, John studied geology at the University of Queensland, and over the last 30 years, he's been involved with field research all around the world. He's an international speaker, lecturing on the subject of origins, and he's no stranger to university campuses, where he has participated in many debates regarding the subject of creation and evolution. He's done research on rapid coal formation, and he's taught in some of the leading academic colleges in Australia. So join with me now as we meet my very special friend from down under, John Mackay. Welcome to the program, John. Good to be back, Mike. Yes, sir. Tell me just a little bit about your ministry, about the research that you mm -hmm. do, and, and then we'll jump into the topic today. Okay, well, I'm involved with creation research. Uh, over here in the States, we have Creation Research USA, and if folks have got questions, which is what a lot of our research is about, and the two commonest areas we get asked about are the days of creation and Noah's flood. Okay. Right, so it's very topical, and they want more answers than we can do in this half-hour program. Just click the Q&A button, and they'll see hundreds of questions on that site. Okay, research. Used to uh, lecture in coal geology for the Queensland uh, government. And of course, the theory is coal took millions of years to form in a swamp. Mm -hmm. So when you do enough research and you find, hey, I'm going to present a paper on this to the Sydney Basin Coal Conference, you can make coal in 20 minutes. Okay. Right? You don't need millions of years and you don't need a swamp. You just need a source of carbon. Hmm. Right? And this, of course, is radically rejected by the majority of geologists, not because they don't want to make cheaper coal. They just want the world to be too old for the Bible to be true. Okay. That's the bottom line you soon discover. They don't care how old the world is. They only care how old it isn't. Right? Ah. That's the clue because the biblical record reveals God made a world in six days and God destroyed it in a flood and you have a limited span for the age of the earth and it puts God in authority. If we can make it any age, we're the authority. That's the conflict. Okay, I like what you just said. They don't care how old the earth is, they just care how old it isn't. That's right. If something seems to be pointing to the validity of the biblical record, then that means that they can't be their own gods. That's In correct. fact, Charles Spurgeon, he said that uh, these theories of evolution, these atheists, they really don't care so much for the theories of evolution in itself, but only so far as it may serve their purpose of escaping from the very thought of God. That's my experience, so that I had one professor stand up, I was giving a lecture in a university in England, 
and uh, he stood up at the end and said, you know, he's going purple in the face. <laughs> and he said, hey, hey, if what you say is true, I've wasted my entire career. Uh -huh. And the answer is yes, sir. <laughs> yes. But he'd already stormed out of the building by then. Oh. And so the reality was he didn't care what his theories were as long as the Bible wasn't true. Wow. Right. It was personal pride, tragic because he wanted limited frame for eternal loss. What a tragic oh, swap, yes, you know, yes. and that, that's what it's all about. It so creationresearchusa.org, and uh, we, we enjoyed sharing the research with people. I've been to the website, excellent information. We really appreciate what you do. Great. Appreciate what you do too, mate. A absolutely. You can keep patting me on the back all you like. <laughs> oh. That's great. Okay, let's take you around the globe. Okay. Because one of the things I've learned over the years is if you want to win a debate, have a specimen in your pocket. Okay. Don't just have the knowledge in your head. Go places. Here we are in Nova Scotia, and uh, there's one of the cameramen. We take all these for our DVDs. We don't just do talking head lectures. We take people out into the field. That's Nova great. Scotia, fabulous place. Uh, there's a new cliff fall, so we found this fossil. Okay. Uh, you can see my hammer for scale, wow. and you'll see well, it's a batch of giant amphibian footprints. Oh, okay. I now, see. we've been talking about dinosaurs, and dinosaurs are giant reptiles mostly, mm -hmm. but most people don't realize there were giant amphibians too. Hmm. When the world began, everything was very good, and creatures could reach their maximum potential, whether you're man, monkeys, or monsters. Right? Okay. And the world has gone downhill, so amphibians today tend to be small. Um, what do you think that is? It's some sort of track, is it? It's some sort of track. There's me on the right-hand side. Nova know. Scotia is fairly cold, even even <laughs> yeah. in the spring, right? You bundled up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and I was really glad we had that uh, crack running down there because we had to carry that specimen out on our backs. Oh, wow. Um, to put in, in the Creation Museum. Yeah. Uh, turns out it's the tracks of giant centipedes. That is a centipede That's track? a centipede track. Whoa. So there used to be a world where centipedes were that big. Oh, wow. And today they're, they're, they're minuscule by comparison. Sure. And so when we think of dinosaurs and monsters, we should be thinking of everything reaching its maximum good potential in the world that God made. Not the evolutionary story where microbes turned into mm -hmm. monsters. It's really the opposite. Monsters have gotten... Well, so degenerate, many of them yeah. disappeared. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so big millipedes, big centipedes, and now we live in a fallen world. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, do you know what the word fossil means? Mm, I don't know. F-O-S-S, hole. I-L refers to what's in it. So guess what you've got to dig to find a fossil? Isn't that simple? Wow. And most people think, oh, I don't understand these words. Yeah, yeah. No, they were invented by people who didn't have geology degrees. Yeah. In fact, who invented the word geology, David? Mm, I don't know. Three jelly beans for a prize? <laughs> <coughs> the answer is the Bishop of Durham. And he believed in six-day creation and Noah's flood. Really? But he had all the information he needed about the history of the world concerning theology. Right. God had revealed a word about himself, theologos. Uh -huh. But he hadn't told us much about the earth. Geologos, Geo. uh -huh. right? But you see, that means if you're studying theology, you get called a theologian. Mm -hmm. So guess what you should be called if you're studying geology? A geologian, that's right. But that would give it away, wouldn't it? It would. You see, one of the biggest lies in education is that science and religion are like that. Are supposed to be but separate. in reality, they're like that. You're listening to Wonders Without Number with David Reeves. The message presented today was filmed in studio at David Reeves Ministries' Wonders of Creation Center and is available in video format with powerful accompanying visuals. Subscribe to our Genesis Plus package online to get instant access to the video format of this message and hundreds of others right on your computer or mobile device. 
If you are encouraged by this message and would like to be a part of sharing this information with millions across the globe, we would love to hear from you. Give us a call at 931-212-7990 or write us at David Reeves Ministries, Post Office Box 2824, Lewisburg, Tennessee, 37091. Visit our website, davidreeves.com today. That's davidreves.com. And now, back to Wonders Without Number with David Reeves. Isn't it true that many of the secular uh, paleontologists and geologists, they haven't done a whole lot of field nope, research? It's don't. book learning. It's book learning. And, and when you actually... stuff that's just up there. It's stuff that's up there that some teacher has put in mm-hmm. their head, but if mm-hmm. they actually get out and observe it for themselves, guess what they find? That it seems to be pointing to what this said all that's along. Right. Now let's test your book learning. Uh, do you know what that is? Do it looks like a crocodile. Hey, man, amen. It's one of the crocodile saw group, right? Okay. Do you realize they are sauruses? No, I didn't know that. Uh, most people don't. No. You see, we tend to think that the modern creatures have nothing to do with the ancient creatures, okay. but the Bible says they produce their own kind. So this saurus group, the archaeosaurs, or the first sauruses, that's how they get their name, right? Hmm. Uh, when the guy who invented the word dinosaur was sent the dinosaur bones, he said, well, they look like sauruses. They have that snake-shaped movement, oh, okay. right? But they're not crocodilosaurs. They're not alligatorsaurs. So he invented a new word, dino, as hmm. in fearful, big, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's the connection. Okay, notice I'm holding him in my hand as part of my collection. Uh-huh. So is this guy. Okay. Do you realize Check fossil crocodiles, fossil alligators were monsters? Wow. This guy's sitting in my back shed. And if he was alive today, you and I wouldn't like to meet him. Look at that. That's his mm. jaws right there. That's All his, those that's are his jaws. jaws. We can't fit the rest of him in. <laughs> right? So when you look at the alligators oh. and crocodiles, some of them you find up to nearly 60 feet long. Really? Yeah. Okay. Spinosaur. Tooth. Is that yeah. right? Okay. Look would you like that. to meet a guy with teeth that big? Oh, no. I don't think I would. Okay. Because we're trying to give everybody the whole picture of mm-hmm. history, when you look at teeth like that, we tend to do make one mistake. We look at animals today with teeth like that, mm-hmm. and we assume that if they kill things today, they always did it. Like a, a canine mm-hmm. and a dog. Yeah, it's a really right. sharp teeth, right. so they, this must have been a killer yeah. all but the way. See these? We know what this animal is. Mm-hmm. We don't have any spinosaurs today. Okay. We have plenty of crocodile and alligator sores. Yes. And you know one of the things that's just come out of studies in the Everglades? These big teeth, which we think of as killing, mm-hmm. as scientists noticed a problem a little while ago. Fruit trees were spreading through the Everglades, mm-hmm. and there were no birds that carried fruit. Okay. And finally, they tracked it down. Alligators use the spaces to pluck the fruit oh, and man. swallow them down. And we tend to think of only the, t- the sharp points, uh-huh. but we use rakes for the spaces. That's right. So do they. And in a good world, that's all they would have used their teeth for. And this guy, you could have patted him on the head, got your hand back. Uh-huh. Right? So a different world. That's how we started. When Excellent. we have a look at this fossil here, it's an idea of where we got to. I found this fossil in Canada in 2007. You notice the spikes? I do. Yeah. It looks, those are thorns. They look like thorns. Looks don't like they? thorns. In fact, let's be honest, Dave. You've been to plenty of museums? Sure. Have you ever seen a specimen of a fossil thorn in a museum? I can't say I have. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just totally blessed about how God's led us to places where we can find fossils that you don't see in secular museums. Right. All right. So IQ test number one, I set students, I set professors, I set everybody around the planet. What is this fossil? Mm-hmm. It doesn't take people too long. They usually come up and suggest, well, 
it was found in the Carboniferous rocks. It's way down in the geologic history. What might it be? Mm -hmm. uh, here's where I found it, just below that coal seam. Okay. There's the cliff in Nova Scotia. Oh, okay. There'd been a big cliff fall, and I found a specimen down there. Ah. And as we went up, we traced it up here until we found the whole layer. Hmm. Okay. I found another specimen, 2009. Whoa. Look at that. Look at that. That is nice. Yeah. You get the point from that one, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Get the point. Really I, I like that. So yeah. what we did was we went up and we picked a plant with similar structures okay. in the world today and compared it to the fossil. Now, at that point, just about everybody's got the picture because they know what this is. That's a wild rose. Uh -huh. And it's got what we call thorns. Yeah. Now, technically, the things on roses are prickles, but we won't worry about whether these are thorns or prickles or spines. That's, okay. you know, that's up to the biologist to arbitrarily make that. Sure. But as I keep telling, it doesn't matter whether you fall on a thorn or a prickle or a spine, you really do get the point. <laughs> yes. right? And the point is simple. I remember a youth group that I took on a camp and part of the activities was learning to ride horses. Okay. Okay. And two of the teenagers thought, we're smarter than that dumb horse. Mm -hmm. So as soon as we leaders were not watching, they ran up, jumped on this horse, oh, no. and the horse was a smart horse. And I'll guarantee he just looked at me and went, <laughs> right? Yeah. And he wandered over beside the bramble bush and went, <laughs> and threw them in. Okay. You know, and they came out scratched and bloodied, mm -hmm. and not one of them said, Let's do that again. Uh -huh. ah, you see, it's interesting. When you look at the importance of thorns in the rocks, I put a question down the bottom here. When did this rock containing fossil thorns form? Thorns do dangerous things. Thorns can kill you if you get tetanus as a result. No, that's true. Okay, there's a fossil thorn. Um, it's supposed to be nearly 300 million years old. Wow. Now that's older than you and me combined, correct? <laughs> it's <laughs> real old. It is. Yeah, yeah. All right. Here's the argument. Okay. Do you accept the word of God who was there or the opinions of men who weren't? Mm -hmm. That's the really crucial issue, Dave. We've hinted at that sure. over and over again. And you read basically from Genesis 3. Then God said to Adam, because you've heeded the voice of your wife. Yes. Now, there's three or four weeks of sermons in those two lines alone, <laughs> if you're ever brave enough to do it. Because you've heeded the voice of your wife. Make sure you have a nice couch. <laughs> That's right. Yes. And have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you'll not eat of it. The ground is cursed. Mm -hmm. Now, cursed is not a positive word. No. It's negative. So things are going downhill. The ground is cursed. You will eat of it all your day of your life in toil, and it will bring forth thorns and thistles. Okay. Now, what's interesting, Dave, is you can read the rest of the Bible, and despite your attitude, you look over here in winter, you see snow on many of the mountains, you say, isn't that pretty? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm from Australia. <laughs> to me, it's pretty awful. You can get frostbite, right? You can <laughs> die in the snow. Mm -hmm. We tend to think the present world is okay, but God has never called the world good since Genesis chapter 3. That's true. And it's really important. It's pretty. It's okay, mm -hmm. but it's not good anymore because thorns and thistles will come onto the planet. That's right. Are you willing to be brave enough? Because here's where when I run conferences for geologists, at this point, ah, uh -huh. right? Mm -hmm. Because they think they've got you over a barrel. We've got millions of years of rocks, etc. And you say, stop a moment. Mm -hmm. That's the opinion of people who weren't there. Right. Let me give you the word of God who was. He didn't make thorns till after Adam sinned. Okay. Therefore, this rock, only formed after Adam sinned. Yes. Okay, can you think of a, an event that might have buried a heap of thorns after Adam sinned? Yeah, you know, there seems to be something. It's, I read it in the book of Genesis, and it talks about this flood. Mm -hmm. It talks it about a flood, a global flood. It does. That That's would right. have caused a lot of sedimentation. The mm -hmm. fountains of the great deep were broken open. That's right. Massive amounts of mud. 
Okay, and this is global, not just a local one up the back of the Sumer Creek? Well, if, if we're to believe what the Bible says. Okay, yeah. you, that's, you've made a good point there because many Christians think of it as just a local flood. Right, right. right. Now, let me show you something. Remember I took you to this place here and I said I found it just below this coal seam yeah. and we followed it all the way through here. Yeah. And I've got it in carboniferous rocks. Okay. But carboniferous rocks are interesting for two reasons. At the moment, they're regarded as around about 300 million years of age. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, no, hang on, they've got thorns uh -huh. in them. They're less than 6,000. Yes. Now at that point, the geologist gets really mad mm -hmm. because what you've done is interfered with his authority structure. He wants man to be at the top. <coughs> you said, no, uh -huh. God is at the top. Right. But there's another thing. See this layer here? Okay. It's called carboniferous, <coughs> but here in the USA, you call it Pennsylvanian. Okay. Right, that's because, well, you had this little conflict with England, you might remember. <laughs> yeah. And after it, you changed the spelling of words like colour and, you know. Now, that, was before, that was before I was born. Oh, I can't, I can't be you can't be blamed for that. Yes. That's right. <laughs> but what's interesting is you can trace this layer from Alabama all the way up through Tennessee, through Pennsylvania, out through Nova Scotia, mm. across to England, across Germany, because I have, mm -hmm. all the way to the bottom of Russia. And this layer crosses 186 degrees of the Earth's surface, wow. and it's full of catastrophically deposited plants, ripped up, dumped and buried, including the thorns, including the bark mm -hmm. that's been coalified, because normally plant debris just rots like sure. everything else does. So you've got evidence of massive flooding here as well. Okay. Notice the word we've been dealing with? Yes, that's right. Mm. The fossils. Have a look at that. What do we have? Wow, that's tiny. It is tiny, isn't it? It's a three-toed. Three-toed, so it's reptilian? Yeah. Okay, or a small emu. Yeah. Take <laughs> <laughs> really small. Yeah. Uh, okay, what do we have here? Okay, well see my diagram here? Mm -hmm. This is a schematic diagram. Having been to Nova Scotia many times, having examined all these cliffs and mapped them, yes. basically what you find is down the bottom of the layers, you have you know those sort of um, crab-like trilobite things down the bottom yeah. there. But up here is the layer we've been talking about, okay. the thorn fossils. But just around the corner from there, you find a layer of dinosaur footprints. Really? So that this are the dinosaur footprints. Wow above the layer of thorns. Uh -huh. Now, this is so relevant to our subject of dinosaurs, Noah's flood creation, that people need to listen double hard. Yes. We've got fossil thorns. Okay. We've got evidence that dinosaurs walked above the fossil thorns. Okay. And, okay, Dave, if you wanted your footprints to be preserved, how would you do it? <laughs> Come on, what sort of path would you walk through that Dad's just laid outside uh -huh. the house? Would it be made of mud or concrete? It would, <laughs> concrete would be a great way to preserve Why? it. Because it sets it's slow or fast. It's going to set fast. Okay, yes. so therefore this rock had to set before these footprints disappeared. Okay. And that doesn't happen on a beach slowly. That's true. Mm. Because the water is going to come in there That's and exactly it's going right. to wash those away. But what's interesting is this is a baby dinosaur. Okay. So when you have a look, the small print that you held up yes. that was hard to see, there it is. Okay. Right? And we make these available to our supporters and that so they can actually do two things. One is when you look at this and people say, come on, how could you believe Noah could fit two 60 foot long Apatosaurus yeah, on Noah's yeah, Ark, yeah, right? right. Ah. <laughs> and then you say, well, hang on, he had two in his pocket. There were, yes. That's, that's the babies. The dinosaurs were born out of eggs this big. Wow. You could hold them in your hand. No matter how big they grew, mm -hmm. they all started off ever so tiny. So there's the first point. And those little casts, you make these, by the way, by simply covering the, the fossil with a bit of uh, gel of some sort to, to nothing sticks to it. Then you make an impression of it. Then you make a cast of it. Then you make another impression uh, of it. And okay. that's what you've got there, okay. right? So they're genuine. They're absolutely identical to the original. And of course, the other point is this question. 
if you find dinosaur layers above the fossil thorn layers? Mm -hmm. Come on, think it through for me. What does it mean? <laughs> it means that dinosaurs existed after the fall. Yeah, it did. And when did they get in the rocks? I believe during the Great Flood. Okay, so when you have a look, you find these thorn layers, after. and you find dinosaur footprints after that, then any dinosaurs in the rocks only got into the rocks after Adam sinned. So that puts dinosaurs at least at the time and after man. That's right. Now, this is one of my most unpopular finds. Mm -hmm. We put a whole slide series on our evidence museum on the web, and boy, do people hate it. <laughs> I mean, the Christians love it who want to know God's word is true, but in reality, what we've just done is demolish kindergarten through K-12, K-12, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because all the textbooks tell you millions of years ago, even by the time you get to high school, it says, we're going to study the theory of evolution. 200 million years ago, the dinosaurs lived. Right, right. And they just stopped talking theory and they got straight into an absolutely false history of the world. You know, one of the things I've learned, Dave, about history, if you teach people the wrong history of the world, they have the wrong future of the world. Wow. Because where we come from tells us who we are, which tells us where we're going to. That's exactly right. And that, I mean, that's why I fell in love with the theory of evolution, because if I was just an animal, I could behave like one. You, you, you don't have anyone to be held responsible no, that's to. that's exactly right. You can make your own rules. Yeah, and that's why when I became a Christian through the evidence, God reinforced that totally to me. John, you need to know I'm in charge, I make the rules, you've got the obligation of keeping them, <laughs> and I'm a God who judged at Noah's flood, and I'm warning you, I will judge again, but I don't want you to be judged. That's I right. want to provide a way out. Yes. So all of this evidence for creation and for Noah's flood is ever so important. That's why I've got so many questions on the ark side about the days of creation yes. and Noah's flood. And the dinosaurs. Everyone oh, loves yeah. dinosaurs. We always say, how could they fit these huge creatures in the flood? And I've personally casted a massive Acrocanthosaurus print before. You mean they cast are. it in a movie or made a... <laughs> made a cast. <laughs> and they're huge, they but that yeah. is tiny. That's right. And have you seen any of those in the museum? I have not it's seen not those in the museum. what you don't see in museums. It's amazing. It's like a selective disclosure, isn't mm -hmm. it? That's exactly what it is. This DVD, tell me okay. 10 seconds. That's a professor from a university in British Columbia who became a Christian and he's a qualified academic. He's a professor of synthetic chemistry, well published, and his colleagues don't like him very much because <laughs> he says the evidence shows God created, hmm. he designed intelligently, and he didn't take a vast amount of time because time ruins all chemistry. Amen. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being here. The undesirability of thorns is mentioned throughout the Old Testament, but what about the New Testament? Do we find thorns in the New Testament? The answer is yes, we do. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers platted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. Then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said unto them, Behold the man. When the chief priests therefore and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said unto them, Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. You see, wearing a crown of thorns, Jesus laid down His life on the cross to make a way for us to be a part of His family. You see, on the cross, He paid the death penalty for our sins, and He offers the gift of salvation and eternal life. He stands at your door and knocks. Invite Him in, and He will literally change your life for the better. If you've made that decision, let us know. Reach out to us online or give us a call because we want to be an encouragement to you. I'm David Reeves, and until our next time on Wonders Without Number, keep looking up. Truly. The heavens declare the glory of God.
I'm David Reeves, host of the television show Creation in the 21st Century on TBN and author of the book Wonders Without Number. When we look at science from a biblical perspective, remarkable things are revealed. Belief in the historical account of creation as found in the book of Genesis reveals much about the meaning of life and gives reason for our existence. Where did all the matter in the universe come from? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Visit our website and sign up for our email updates to receive links to free videos dealing with science, astronomy, creation, and the Bible. Give us a call to find out more about David Reeves Ministries or to order additional copies of this DVD and our other great resources. Like us on Facebook and drop us a line on how this program has impacted your life. I'm David Reeves. Truly, the heavens declare the glory of God.